today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. I think that I could safely say that probably each of us have prayed prayers to the Lord. Maybe seeking healing, maybe, maybe seeking deliverance from a certain situation, maybe uh, seeking His intercession uh, in, 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 in certain areas and situations within our lives. Personally, I wonder how many times the Lord's response to us, not today, my son. Be patient, my daughter. Don't worry, my child. I'm going to answer you. Sometimes we pray for things and expect an answer immediately. It may feel like God is taking forever to answer or that He may never answer. We have all prayed those prayers. It may be discouraging and frustrating. God is always right there. He may be saying, not today, my child. Be patient. Don't worry. Pastor David encourages you that God will answer you, but in His time and in His own way. He wants you to trust Him fully, even when you can't see His plan. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 3 as he continues his message, In God's Timing. My question to you is, we don't know how long it's been from the time of Pentecost to this particular event. My question to you is, how often do you think Peter and John going to the temple to pray passed by this man? He was there every day. I believe that they've passed by him multiple of multiple of times. Go a little bit deeper. Jesus had times at the temple. Let me ask you, how many times do you think Jesus walked by this same man and never healed him? You know, there were multitudes of those that were still in Israel that were not healed during the ministry of Jesus. But can you imagine Jesus walking by this man with an absolute, you you see his need, you see the greatness of his need. Wouldn't Jesus have had compassion on that man to heal him? I think that Jesus probably walked by that man. Speculation on my part, okay? But I believe that he probably either thought or perhaps even said to this guy, not today, my friend. Not today, but your healing is coming. Be patient and wait for God's timing. God's timing. I think that I could safely say that probably each of us have prayed prayers to the Lord. 
maybe seeking healing, maybe, maybe seeking deliverance from a certain situation, maybe uh, seeking his intercession uh, in, 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 in certain areas and situations within our lives. Personally, I wonder how many times the Lord's response to us, not today, my son. Be patient, my daughter. Don't worry, my child. I'm going to answer you. And I wonder how many times the Lord's answer to us is, I'm going to answer you, but I'm not going to answer you in the same way that you're praying. The answer is not going to be what you think it is, but you still need to trust me fully and completely. Are we willing to do that? To pray and to pray and to pray and then say, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Peter and John walking by that man, yeah, I believe that they've walked by him many times. But today, today, the Holy Spirit prompted Peter and John to stop and get involved with this man's earthly condition and literally his eternal future. There's no doubt there are scores of lame and and blind and chronically sick and diseased seeking for a few alms that day. But that day, that man, the Holy Spirit, again, directed Peter and John to touch his life. Why does God bring healing on some and not to others? All I can say is, and the only thing that you and I can really grasp hold of, remembering Romans 8, 28, all things, all things do work together for his glory and for the furtherance of his kingdom's purposes. And in the midst of that, we still have to trust him. Beloved, we need to trust him even when healing doesn't come. We need to trust him even when the deliverance doesn't appear. We need to trust him even when it seems that at least for a moment, the enemy is having his way. Are you still trusting him? And are you still absolutely surrendered to his work and his move in your life? As you're going through those times in your life, and every one of us go through those times, I don't know of anybody who says, every prayer that I've prayed, God has answered me in a positive way within a day or so. I don't know of anybody. But I know scores and scores and scores of people who have said, you know what, I've been praying for this for years. But I still trust God. If you're going through those times, if you're waiting for the Lord, you know what? You need to listen to the words of the Lord. Remember the words of the Lord that we read, Isaiah 43. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, You shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. We need to remember the words of the Lord when he spoke through Jeremiah. 
As Jeremiah chapter 17 declares, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear, what? When heat comes, because heat will come. Where are your roots founded? Are they founded in the depths of the promises and the knowledge of who God is and the greatness of who he is? When the heat comes, you will not fear. But its leaf will also be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. And those times where and I, I, I prayed and it just seems like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. Yet I know God's faithful. And I, I want to remain faithful to him in the midst of it. Those years of drought when it seems like, man, there's so many things that are coming against us right now. There's so many things that are coming against me. And yet I want my life to bring glory and honor to him. I don't want my leaf to wither and dry out. I want it to stay green. And as he ends, you will not cease from yielding fruit even in those times of drought. We can't forget what's given to us in the book of Isaiah chapter 40. You know this verse, 40, verse 31. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Folks, stop and think about it for a moment. How long had this man been lame. Luke tells us from his mother's womb. He also tells us for 40 years. 40 years. Praying and seeking the Lord for 40 years. Some of us give up after 40 minutes. 40 days, maybe. Four years. Four decades. But today, everything is changing in that man's life. We also need to see here too, another thing, and I I need to put this in. This guy was not expecting a miracle. You understand that. He was not believing God for a miracle that day. He came with the expectation that nothing's going to change. It's going to be just the same as it has always been. And hopefully I'll be able to get enough by begging to be able to sustain me one more day. But today, everything is going to change. Luke tells us the lame man saw Peter and John about to go into the temple and he asked, Not for healing, he asked for alms. At that moment in time, that, that was the totality of his expectation. He hoped he would get some sort of financial assistance, but God had something so much greater in store for him. Look down in verse four, still in chapter three. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, so Peter, fixing his eyes on this man, Along with John looking at him, Peter said, 
look at us. I think that this guy was probably a guy that he'd see people coming, but he wouldn't look at them in the eye. Rather, the shame of his own condition, or he didn't want to put anybody in an uncomfortable position as they're walking by asking for alms. He would know somebody's coming by, alms? Could I get alms? And, and that was it. But Peter said, no, no, you need to look at us. You need to look at us. And so he gave them his attention. And as Luke tells us, he was expecting to receive something from them. Oh, good. Maybe these guys are going to give me, you know, a couple of coins, something that'll sustain me a little. Maybe this is going to be a, a really good one for today. But Peter tells him, verse six, Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have any. Can you imagine the guy's face at that point in time? Oh, bummer. So, you know, what's the guy going to do? Hey, have a good day. Stay warm. See you later. Silver and gold, I don't have. But he kept on going. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Oh, yeah. He was expecting to receive something from them. Why would they have stopped? Why would they have asked him to look at them? But now these men, they not only have they seen him, they recognize his very existence, they've called for him now, look at us. And Peter knew that there was nothing that he physically had that he could give to this man to really help him out in any way. There was only one thing that Peter was able to offer this man, only one thing that was going to change his life forever. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And I love what verse 7 says, and then he, Peter, took him, the lame man, by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately this lame man's feet and ankle bones received strength. And so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with, with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Guys, it, it, it wasn't the power of Peter. It was the power of God and Peter was enabled to be able to minister to this lame man because of the power of God working and moving through his life. Let's not take it too lightly, though. This was a bold step for Peter. You got to understand, for him to reach down a lame man, lame from his birth, and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he reaches down and grabs his hand and pulls this guy up. What happened if he lets go and the guy crumples back down to the ground? Well, that's where my brain goes sometimes, okay? <laughs> but I don't think that ever entered into the mind of Peter. I think Peter had such confidence and what God had done in the past and what God was doing then, there was no doubt in Peter's mind, this guy's going to walk today. God's going to move in this man's life. And so Peter spoke and he acted in absolute faith, not a blind faith. Understand, this wasn't blind faith. This was faith that was based on the word of God. This was faith that was based on what he knew to be true. This was faith that was based upon the experiences he had been through himself. Remember, he was the guy that walked on water. 
He had seen his mother-in-law healed. He had seen the lame walk already. He had seen the blind gain their sight. He had seen those that were mute be able to speak. He had seen those with leprosy become healed. Peter had experienced all of this during his time with Jesus. This was a faith that was based on what he had seen in the lives of others. And beloved, this was faith based on the reality of the resurrection of Christ. That ought to bring about strong faith. What has God done in your life? What have you seen him do and work in your life through the years? Or what have you seen him work and do in the lives of others? How strong do you believe in the reality of the resurrection of Christ? He says that immediately, this lame man, his feet and his ankles, his bones received strength. And so he leaped up, he stood, he walked, he entered into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. You see what's happening? It's not like some of us now, you know, on a cold morning, we get up and you hear this uh, breakfast cereal going off, you know, the snap, crackle, pop. No, it says that this guy, immediately he jumped up and he began leaping. You got to understand, this guy never learned to walk. He was never a toddler. He was lame from his mother's womb, and for 40 years he had laid there. And now, by the power of God, Peter lifting him up, this man stood up, he leaped, and he walked. And he entered the temple with him. Can you imagine the mind of everybody else as they see this? Look at verse 9. You're going to have to hurry, otherwise you're going to run out of time. So listen quick, okay? And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that that was the guy that was begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, I don't think he's holding on for stability. I think he's holding on, man, so what's happening? I'm not letting you guys go. As he held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, and they were greatly amazed. Beloved, when God begins moving in a life, people get excited. If you were here Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, when the youth came back from camp and all that God had done and stirred in the hearts of our young people, you could not help but get excited as you heard the testimony of these young people of what God had done in their lives during just those few short days. It gets exciting when we see and we hear the stirring of God in other lives. And hopefully it excites us to say, I want some of that. I want some of that in my life. And beloved, that's why we need to be continually testifying of what God is doing in our lives. Don't keep that quiet. Don't keep that silent. Hey, let me share with you what what God's done this week. Let me me share with with you what happened on the phone the other day. Let me share with you, you know, uh, again, how God is moving and working. We need to see that. And beloved, people will respond in one of two ways. They'll respond in a positive way or they'll respond in a negative way. And you think, why would they respond in a negative way? Because it's convicting. Because it's convicting. Sometimes it's convicting even to other Christians. Because they're not walking in a place where God is going to 
do a mighty work in them. They're, they're walking in rebellion. They're, they're walking in, again, outside the will of God. And so when they hear what's going on in somebody else's life, sometimes they're convicted. And the same thing happened here. The very negative thing. Now, you might be here this morning and you've been waiting for God to move in your life. Maybe you've been waiting for a long time and it seems to you that those answers just aren't coming and you wonder if God has forgotten about you or even the possibility that he's not even concerned about your situation. I want to close this up with some verses that you need to know this morning. If you are in that place of waiting on the Lord and doubt comes many times when we wait, we wait and we wait and think, man, Maybe God's not going to answer this. Let me share some verses with you. I'm going to bring you back, and I, I, I encourage you to take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 as we end up here. Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. Now, i got to stop right now. I hate ravens. I mean, you know, it's not like little sparrows or canaries. These are ravens. But consider this. God even cares for the ravens. And they neither sow nor they reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Can you worry and become taller? No. He says, if you're not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? And then he says in verse 27, consider the lilies, how they grow and they neither toil or spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Guys, on the authority of God's word, on the authority of God's word, I can assure you that God does care about you. And he does care about the situation that you're dealing with. The, psalm, the psalmist tells us, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The real question today is, what is it you're truly seeking in your life? What is it you're really seeking in your life? Are you seeking like that lame man, just, just enough to get me through one more day, just enough to get me one more day? Or are you really seeking all the fullness of what God wants in your life? Beloved, I think that God, according to his word, I know that God wants to pour into our lives his fullness, his fullness so that we can be complete, not just to get through another day, but in order that our lives 
might continue to blossom and grow for the glory of Christ and for the honor of His name. Are you looking for a temporary fix and comfort in this life, or are you desiring for all that the Lord has for you? We're so glad you could be with us today as we opened God's Word and dove into the goodness and truth the Bible contains. If you've missed any part of today's message in Acts, we encourage you to refer to our website, calvarycg.org. Once there, you can browse our library of audio as well as learn more about the ministry of the Open Word. We'd love to hear from you about how God's working in your life. Please give us a call at 520-836-9676. When you call, please let us know how we can be praying for you. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If you prefer accessing information through social media, visit our Facebook page and keep up to date with all that's happening at The Open Word. Just go to theopenword.com. You'll be directed right to our page. You'll be able to explore more of Pastor David's audio there as well. As our time comes to a close today, Pastor David has a quick word of encouragement to share with you. Hey, thanks, Chris. Any time you spend in God's Word is valuable, and I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. By diving deeper into the Scripture and letting it saturate your heart and mind, you'll be ready to take on your day as well as be prepared when the enemy attacks. If you're not sure where to start, you can begin by reading today's passage again. Or simply let your Bible fall open. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit's direction, you can't go wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. And I hope you'll join me again next time on The Open Word. Make a small-